Welcome to the Specify Growth Podcast. I'm your host, Tas Nakagawa of Castagra Products. Each week, I talk to leaders and experts about how to overcome adversity, grow massive organizations, and how to create meaningful change in the building materials and construction industry. Today's guest is Larry Clay. He's the founder and president at Clay Construction. So Larry, thank you. Thank you for coming on the show. Waterfall. Thank you, Tats. Much appreciated. You and I have connected on social media. So nice that you and I can be doing a Zoom call together. Yeah, absolutely. So you've been at this a while, right? You're, you're a custom home builder. Yeah. And uh, w- when did this all start? Well, pro- well, I started long, even before I was a custom home builder. I was a teacher for 17 years and with a big family, a wife and six kids. I was always in construction since about 1989. And so I started building in the 90s for myself, moved into it. Eventually, that led to uh, starting my own company, 2003. And I left teaching 2004. And I must say, I love teaching. And I still have lots of connections with my former students. So I, I love seeing them. Yeah, what were you teaching? Well, my love was phys ed. I just absolutely loved every sport. You know, I want to go to you know Olympics, world champion. I was going to be a five sport athlete, but I was a young kid dreaming. I didn't do any of it, but um, you know, I was I was just into sports immensely. So I played almost everything. So phys ed was my love. That's what I started. Ten years. Eventually, they said, you want to start a shop program? with, And I said, with air tools and hoist? They said, yes. So we did mechanics and a high school drag racing team. And we just did, that was a, a ton of fun. But then I left that to, uh, to do, uh, you know, to run my own company and try my hand at this. Yeah. I mean, was it something that you always wanted to do in terms of starting your own company? Or was it something that inspired you? No, I... Uh, my dad, you know, was a, was a very good employee. And I think my uncles were very good employees. And that's kind of what I had modeled to me was being an employee. So starting my own business was kind of in our family, a little bit of a, you're kind of moving outside of the lines here. And so I, I had to, you know, as a teacher, I didn't know anything about contracts and branding and marketing and uh, cash flow. And I mean, this is all new to me. So I, I had to learn it all kind of the hard way. Mm. Where, where were some of the, the hard lessons early on? There's one that stands out to me that really taught the lesson well. Uh, we were building spec homes for the market at the time. It was uh, We would sell the homes, unfinished basements. And I had a number of homes in a row. And the first home sold. And, and the homeowner said, hey, you know, could you finish the basement? And so I did a rough and dirty budget. I said, yeah, it's uh, $26,000 back then to finish the basement. But if you want a kitchen, it's thirty-five. Well, we don't know if we want a kitchen yet, but let's get started and make the decision later. So I got started because all my, my framer was there already. We could get going. We had drywallers there, electricians. And so this would be easy for me to finish off. So we got going. No contract, nothing in writing. And just, just my good word. And so we get to the end. Of course, I don't invoice. I just finish it and they're happy. They did choose a kitchen, by the way. So we finished it with a kitchen. 
So I sent them an invoice for $35,000 because they chose the kitchen option. And they said, that's not what we agreed upon. I said, yes, it is. No, it's not. You said $26,000. I said, yes, but without a kitchen. And they said, we don't recall that. And so I ended up taking 26000 and losing money on the job, and I had nothing in writing. That was one of the first lessons, and I just said, I am not going to let somebody else's urgency dictate how I run my business. So from now on, I'm going to get everything in writing, do a budget, get in writing. And so that's, that's one of the lessons you learn the hard way. Yeah. So, you know, getting a business up in 2003 and then going through 2008, what was that like for you at the time? Oh, oh, what was it like? You're talking to the right guy. Well, October of 2008, I am unloading a compactor from my truck into the Bobcat. Bobcat had safeties broken. So I stepped in and uh, what happened was the, the arm that controls the bucket, moves up and down, caught me under my chin. All I knew was it happened so fast. I didn't know what foot was doing it. I gave up. It was so quick. I just knew this is how I'm dying. I'm being decapitated. This is how there was no fear. There was no pain. And uh, I knew it would be a painless, quick, painless death. And, uh, and so and this is how, how I would be found by my wife and my, my young twins who would be coming home shortly after. And what happened was, um, you know, this arm passes this metal roof, but misses by about an inch. And somehow my my neck squeezed out and I was bruised from shoulder to shoulder. And I I lost my voice. But probably more importantly, I was in shock, PTSD, whatever you call it. I was raw emotionally. I couldn't believe I was still alive. And I walked around in a kind of a daze for a month, just shocked I was alive and thankful, obviously, that I'm alive. But and so a week after this, I mean, so a week after this happened, I'm still very raw. My accountant phones me and says, Larry, these all these spec homes you're building, you've run out of money. And so we had a plan where the first ones finished would get sold and pay off for the finishing of the next ones. And nothing is selling. And I went, I just realized I'm going bankrupt. My wife and six kids. And so I talked with my wife. We had to strategize. What do we do? And we just said, survival only. And so I, I said, I don't care what you feed us with. You got no complaints from me. There was seven grade cereal every morning for everybody. Whether you like it or not, it didn't matter if you liked it. Homemade bread every lunchtime, homemade buns and soup. And sometimes we had a little piece of meat in the soup. And we got, my wife spent for all groceries, diapers, pull-ups. She had five kids in diapers and pull-ups. Clean the supplies. We lived between $216 and $300 a month. I put rigid insulation on the windows, but a wood-burning stove. We put it in the basement to just get some heat in the house. I turned the heat to 14 degrees. I told my kids, you can wear your winter boots and jacket in the house. You're not going to be comfortable at all times, but you won't freeze to death. And we got through it. And eventually, the home sold for a loss. We paid everybody back. I did not re you know, renegotiate any contracts, paid everybody back. And that was 
that was one of those character building moments that you, you talk about integrity. These are the moments you see if you got integrity. So that was a 2008 was a tough time. So I had to reinvent myself from a spec builder building for the market and selling, selling a product to now a custom builder selling a service. And that is, I then had to start and look at my systems and how do I communicate and how do I do budgets and how do I let my clients know and change orders and and still, that is still a work in progress. Uh, I guess you never arrive, but we just keep trying to improve and make systems better and, and have happy clients who are pleased with the process, the quality, the scheduling, the trades. Sometimes we hit home runs and sometimes it's a single, but we're always looking to improve. Yeah, absolutely. You, you mentioned um, earlier that, you know, your, your family was all employees, you know, at what point, and, you know, I'm not sure if there was a transition, but they said, hey, there, you did the right thing. Like, was there a point where they just said, okay, we get what you're doing. You did the right thing. Was there a point in that sort of transitioned? To custom building or transition to uh, lifestyle to save money? Well, I, you know, obviously, you know, people that are employees, they don't, you know, they view entrepreneurship as a risk, which it is a risk, yeah. but, you know, and, and they want the best for you. But was there a point where they really understood what you were doing? I did have some employees, but they were doing, you know, some of the work on, on site. Uh, we did have to lay some off and that was hard. I remember my wife crying and I just had no choice. And then uh, we had one who said, Hey, Larry, I, actually, I was going to go out on my own. And I think this is the time to do it. And so he's gone on to have great success. But, you know, my kids, my kids look back to that time and they say, those are some of the best times of our life. So, you know, go figure. <laughs> yeah, for sure. You talked about improvement in processes like you never arrived. Like from what you were doing when you initially started the custom homes, what sort of changes that you noticed happened throughout that? Well, I'll give, give an example. Prior to 2008, I did some customs and I wasn't very good at customs. Uh, if I built for friends, it tends to go fairly well. I remember one in particular. It was a big house. We had built a, a big house in Surrey blocks away. And these, this house was going to be similar in size. So I just did a budget in about 30 minutes. I didn't look at any plans much. I just said, well, you know, it's a uh, drywall was this amount. Uh, I think a bit this much. And I just did some little, little conversions and in about 30 minutes, come up with a budget. And uh, so we're building the house and the homeowner calls me, says, Larry, just got the bill for trusses. It's $12,000. said, okay, yeah. I'm thinking in my, in my head, well, he's complaining, but I, I don't know why yet. So I'm just listening. I said, yeah, it's $12,000. And, and he uh, he says, the budget was $8,000. I said, thinking to myself, well, it's $4,000 difference. It is what it is, say, Levy. He says, Larry, you're 50% off. If I was 50% off in my business, I'd go broke. Good point. Let me, let me investigate. So call my trust guy. Hey, trust guy. The other house we did blocks away months ago was eight. This is 12. I What gives? Because Larry, the roofs are completely different. This second roof was you had three girder trusses, two extra beams. That's why it's going to be more money. I said, oh, I don't design trusses. When I made that move to custom building, 
I made sure I put about 40 hours into a budget. I'd take the plans. I would send them to my trades and I would ask them to give me a budget. So now I'm getting some fixed price budgets coming in. And that was really the start to being more accurate with the budget. So that would be one of the areas that, yeah, it's one of the areas that we we had to improve to have success. And then there's, I mean, I remember, I don't know, six, seven years ago, building a house and, you know, the homeowner would have change orders and we'd have a written off change order and, and they'd say, um, you know, by email, not necessarily on the books, but an email says, yeah, I want to have that, that window placed there. It's a thousand dollars. So sure. Yeah. Proves it all. But we weren't including that in the finished cost. And now that, you know, all these change orders come and then they realize that the price was higher than they thought. We weren't always updating the final cost. So then we say, okay, uh, that was difficult for them. So I, I I need to do a better job and make sure when I do change orders, we're always changing that final number. These are things that young builders don't always have everything nailed down. And, and I think we're just further along that path that we've, we've improved. Uh, I still see areas where I say, no, we got to do better. And, and that's it. It's a, that's why I say it's always a work in progress. So I humbly say, I like where we're at. I see many areas that need improvement. And, and when things don't always go the way I like, I'm never happy about it, but we're always seeking to improve. And I think every builder who's honest with himself would say the same thing. Yeah. I know it's just from learning and improving. You seem to adopt social media and those communications actively. Does that did that kind of come from you, or were you inspired from from outside? Uh, there's always a little bit of inspiration from others. Um, I think I naturally am a good promoter. Uh, business development, my 17 years teaching, makes it easy for me to explain things. So um, I'm a naturally an extrovert. So I love people, love connecting. Everybody's my friend. And I'm, I remember early, you know, early in our marriage, my wife and I would be driving through a town. I say, aha, I have a friend here. And she goes, well, when was the last time you talked? I don't know, I don't know, 15 years ago. He's not a friend. You know, he's a friend. And I just kind of like everyone. They're my friends. And so social media is just connecting with a lot of people. I love it. I found that as our company grew and and my knowledge grew and I would share it, that there's lots of builders who would say, ah, I had no idea how you do it. I'm watching your videos. This is very helpful. So I just continue it. Maybe that's the teacher inside of me. Sure. And then you're you you got, you know, you're heavily involved in associations. How that how's that tie into everything you do? So it brand development. I'm often helping builders improve their brand. And I say, focus on three things. One, awards. You want to go out and for your local level, maybe, you know, for us, it's Haven, Home Building Association of Vancouver. You want to be a finalist, you know, best house under a million, over a million. You want to be a finalist. And if you're a winner, great. Now you can say you're an award-winning builder, renovator. 
maybe provincially, the Georgies have a big name here. You know, you want to say your best custom home builder in BC. You want to say that your best renovator in BC. You want to say you got, you know, best house in all of BC, best kitchen. You want to be a finalist. I remember 2010, first time we were finalists, the Georgies. I was so excited. It was on my shirts. I'm a Georgie finalist. Well, you didn't win. Hey, I'm a finalist. I won. I just, I'm <laughs> top five, you know? And so that was exciting for me. Um, and so you promote it. You, you know, you're good enough to be in, in that league to be a finalist. And eventually you win. And I think almost every time I've won, I've been surprised. I thought, well, it's a nice kitchen, but it must be nicer. It's a nice house, but there's a million of these out there. Once you know, we win. And so, and then I've had homes. I said, this is a, this is a bang on winner. I, I don't know how this one can't win. Well, it doesn't even place. I go, are you kidding me? So I don't know. I just, you just, you, you enter. So that's awards. I tell people, if you want to, and nationally the same thing. So if you want to build your brand, you want to win awards. Number two is just education. You've got to be smart. You got to know your stuff. So if you're talking to clients and you say, they say, hey, I want a healthy home. Do you have an answer? Well, how would you get a healthy home? I want an efficient home. Do you know high performance? Do you know wall assemblies? Do you have you read about anybody, Joe Stebricks, John, John Straubs, Gord Cooks? Have you read what they've put out? Do you have a thought on, I want a two-way wall and I'll stuff it full of bat and I'll put poly? Is that acceptable to you? It's not to me. And I get reasons why it's not acceptable to me. Do you know where the dew point's going to be? Are you going to have a condensing surface on the other side of the insulation? You don't want that. You want a comfortable, healthy home, and you don't get that when your dew point's in the wall and you got condensation building up in the wall assembly, and it's not drying out. So you want to have a wall assembly that has drying capacity, inward or outward. So it, it depends on the material you're using. You can be certified. So you go through our provincial association and you take the courses. You can become a registered housing professional. You take all the courses. You continue to take them. Then there's an element of practically how much um, project management you have to be able to do. You can earn that certification of master builder. And so now you've won the Grand Georgie for best custom home builder in BC. You're master builder. When you sit down with clients, they're now saying, Okay, you sound like you know what you're doing. The third thing that I would focus on is leadership because there's something nice about being a leader, especially when it's on social media, that people say, this guy wouldn't do shoddy work because he's haven president, provincial president, national president. And so I've just sought leadership and awards and to be educated on my, on my trade and um, so when I sit down with clients, they say, okay, you're the guy who pays attention to details. You're not just going to build what 95% of the builders build. You build something better and you care about the details. And that is why I think we have a strong brand. Are we perfect? No. Do my trades mess up? Yes. Do we do the best we can to make it right 100% of the time? So, and it comes out of my pocket. <laughs> Makes sense. From from there, I mean, the the leadership side, and um, you're developing all those things. What are what are some of the things you come across 
that are like the common challenges, the wish list items for the industry? Like, what are your things that you're passionate about trying to get improved outside your business? Sure. Okay. I'll... Step code is in BC. I love building high performance. So we we I modeled a house before step code was code, and I the energy step code, and I I found out what does it cost to build to step one, two, three, four, five, and for this house, it was uh, about forty eight thousand dollars. I was talking to Greg Hussey out in Newfoundland, and I said, Hey, Greg, I just modeled a house. Step five, it's going to be about forty eight thousand dollars. Cool, eh? He goes, Larry, there's absolutely no way that's going to fly in Newfoundland. I said, why? He says, I sell my houses for $220,000 for house and lot. I went, oh, wow. You got a huge challenge. I get it. So I was telling the past president, national past president, Eric Denoutin. I said, Eric, this is what Greg said. And he says, Larry, same thing here. I'm in Ontario. I, I sell my houses 290 house and lot. I went, holy cow. I, I don't know how you guys do it and stay alive. Uh, it, I, and so I realized there's towns in BC, you know, that would relate to what Eric and Greg had said. So as much as I love high performance, we have to find a way to get there affordably because we we do build great houses in Canada. But I want my kids. I get six kids. One has bought a house. I got three of them trying to buy a house. Housing is, is very, very unaffordable here. And so affordability is important to me. Um, but when I say affordability, I also I want to factor in this not just build costs, it's the total cost. And that includes maintenance and operating. And so you have to factor that in. And so if we can find a way to add high performance, and then it you look, let's just say it costs $30,000 more, but so your mortgage is $30,000 higher. What does that cost me? And then you look at your Utility bills that have come down. If it's a if it's a wash, that's a win because when that mortgage is done in 25 years, you're continuing to enjoy the benefits, and it has not cost you anything month to month. And anybody that owns that house will enjoy the lower operating costs. So affordability, you have to look at operating costs. And replacement. If you're building a home that's rotting out and has to be replaced in 80 years, that's not sustainable. Build a better house. Yeah. Homes today are lasting 110 years and more. So we we routinely are going in renovating 110-year-old home. I was meeting yesterday. House is 110 years old. Two by four construction. We don't need two by six for structure. We need two by four for structure. We just let's put the let's put the insulation outboard, but we have engineering, we have footings, we have steel. That wasn't common on homes built in in 110 years ago. So we can build better homes. They're going to be lasting 200 years. If they're lasting 200 years and we can decrease the energy costs, that's going to help improve affordability for 200 years. 
Yeah, makes sense. So when you're not leading, you know, your business or leading an organization, what do you do? I mean, I see you lifting. So uh, what sort of hobbies do you have? Lifting. So, yeah, <laughs> I, um, you know, uh, you know, sadly, I have, I've had friends who have had some very serious health issues. I'm in my 50s. And I see men getting in their 50s are, are, um, are really struggling. And they, they've run businesses carrying too much weight. And, and they, um, if they're dying, they're coming out of the hospitals, they're going to comas. And, and these are, this grieves me. So if I get six kids and I have to be doing, I'm now making time for me. I'm just saying four days a week, I'm going to the gym. In fact, I'm going to the gym after I'm done with you, I'm heading to the gym and I got to do my cardio. I get on that rower and I do 10 minutes hard. Now when I'm done, I'm laying out. It's only 10 minutes, but it's a hard 10 minutes. I get the heart rate going. It's not just the walk. It's it's a I do hard cardio and I like lifting because men are losing muscle mass. When you're in your 50s, you start to lose muscle mass. And I want to keep that as long as I can. So I like lifting uh, bench squats, deadlifts, curls, just. Just do some lifting. Absolutely. Is there anything I did not ask you, but you wanted to cover before we sort of close this off? I would say uh, lots of things I could say. One is if you're a builder, renovator, and you're serious about building your brand, join the Home Building Association because you try to win awards. You try to get take courses and classes. You try to you know have any leadership that's relevant and credible. It's impossible to do that outside of the association. Building a brand, just join. Any questions, anybody can call me. Go to Instagram at the Larry Clay, or my company would be at the Clay Way on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn. Those are the three that I, I tend the platforms I use. You know, you know, in terms of if you got something to say, I focus on kind of four areas. Awards. So if I win an award, you're gonna see it. If I am leading, speaking somewhere across Canada or the States, you're going to see that. You're going to see me also talking about what I've learned. And so a lot of my videos these days have been, you know, how we install the air barrier. Now, why this product over that product, why we went from two by tens to five and a half inch LVL so we could get outboard insulation on the deck. So I share that and I'll share pretty pictures. People want to see something that is um is pretty and inspiring and so i'll so I'll, I'll focus on those four areas i learned from steve basic influencer down in the states on the build show he worked with joe steebrook who's probably the number one you know building science expert everybody goes to so he worked with joe for 10 years and he was doing reels and he'd do a horizontal and then vertical and so I'm doing that now. And so I'm following his lead. So he was one guy that kind of inspired me. But I had two posts, uh, one on sheer walls that was watched uh, 414,000 times. And I go, well, if I knew that would have been that popular, I would have wore a different shirt. Um, <laughs> I had no idea that this would be popular. Another one on this the garage door coming down, and, and it was watched almost 300,000 times. And and so I had no idea that this would go viral. I, if I knew that, I would put more work into it. But you just keep throwing them out there, throwing them out there. 
And uh, every once in a while, something sticks that you have no idea would stick. And every once in a while, I'm really smart and smug and happy with myself. And I get this great video and uh, it just goes nowhere. So <laughs> you just keep trying. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Larry, thank you uh, very much for uh, sharing your uh, knowledge and uh, story. Pleasure. Thank you for having me on. Thank you for listening to the Specify Growth Podcast today. Make sure you check out youtube.com forward slash Tats Talks for video of today's podcast. Hit the subscribe button for upcoming episodes. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. <laughs>